Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at thecrossing.cc. Good morning, Crossing Church. Thank you so much for joining us online. Join us from wherever you are and glorify the name of the Lord. Thank you.
you right where we're at, Jesus. And we lift our voice and declare who you are this morning. Come on, sing with me. In the darkness, we were waiting without hope, without light. Till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes. To fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word. From a throne of endless glory, to a cradle in the dust. Come on, sing praise the Father.
Come on, let's sing that one more time. Would you give him praise? Yes, Lord, that's what this morning is all about. To praise our King of kings and our Lord of lords. King Jesus, we set our eyes on you this morning. We set our hearts on you.
Father, we will keep our mouths on your name only. The name of Jesus, we speak to the storm. Thank you, Lord. The name of Jesus. Let's sing this together. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you may call me. And take me deeper than my feet could ever walk. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Come on, we 
when oceans arise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours, and you are mine. this week as I've been just reflecting and worshiping and praying the Lord really put a burden on my heart for reflecting on his goodness and his faithfulness and really just taking time to recount all of the times in my lives when he's walked with me through the fire when he's walked with me through the valley and he brought me to James 1:17 in the Amplified and it says, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of the heavens. I love that sustainer is capitalized there. He's the sustainer of the heavens. In whom there is no variation, no rising or setting, or shadow cast by his turning. For he is perfect and he never changes. Come on, reflect on that this morning. He is perfect, and he never changes. And the Lord just really reminded me that his character is so true. His character never changes, never varies. And I love that it says there is no shadow cast by his turning. And we're going to do a new song this morning that talks all about his goodness and kind of recounting and reflecting his faithfulness. But before we do that one, I want to do one of my favorite songs that brings me right back to those moments where I've been on my knees and called out to the Lord and said, Lord, where are you? And he shows up with his faithfulness and with his power and with his goodness. Come on, let's sing this together this morning. You'll know it. Great is thy faithfulness. Come on, reflect. Oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been Thou forever will be. Sing it out. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And all I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. 
on as we sing about his goodness, I just encourage you to reflect on his faithfulness. Thank you. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. Darkest times, I've been held by your hand. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will live in the goodness of God.
when you are this morning. He's good. He's good. He's so good. Well, Crossing Church, I was praying for you this week, and I was thinking, how can I relate to you this morning? Sitting in your living room and being home all week with your kids, and I want to encourage you with this truth. I was going through the same troubles you are going through this very morning of how long is this going to be? Am I going to get paid in this time off? How am I going to be able to talk to my wife or my spouse about these difficult subjects when I'm around them each and every day? And church, I want to encourage you. The Lord brought me to a word that says he makes you lie down and rest. And I used to use that as an excuse that maybe God just enjoys nap time, but no. And in fact, he actually uses that word as delight, to take delight. And in that moment, as I was wrestling with these thoughts, my beautiful wife came to me and said, let's just worship. And as we began to worship, things got put into perspective and into place, and none of those thoughts even mattered. And as soon as that was done, I had emails saying I was going to get paid. I had groceries delivered to us. And each and every problem that I was worried about had just been solved because of worship. Because he made me lie down and rest and delight. And I want to encourage you this morning, Crossing Church, right now, you can delight in your family. You can delight in your marriage. You can delight in the faithfulness of God. So let's pray together, church. Lord, we thank you that you make us lie down in green pastures, Lord, that you lead us by still waters. Lord, that your faithfulness, your goodness, your mercy chases us down all the days of our life. We thank you for that promise this morning. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, Crossing Church. He's good. He's good. He's good. Well, good morning, Crossing Church. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Julian, and I have the privilege of serving on our young adults team here at the Crossing. On behalf of Pastor Randy, Pastor Stacy, and all of our Crossing staff, we just want to welcome you for joining us live online this morning. And parents, we know that your kids are so desperately wanting to be a part of this service. So what Pastor Dallas and our Crossing Kids team have done this morning is we've provided a resource for you in the link at thecrossing.cc. So go to our website where our kids can enjoy a service just for them. Well, hey, that's all I have for you this morning. In just a few moments, we're going to go to some video announcements. But before we do, go ahead and grab that favorite cup of coffee and your favorite blanket and enjoy service. Welcome to The Crossing Online. We're so glad that you're here. Here at The Crossing, we believe that freedom is found when we're connected in life-giving community, growing in faith together. If you're looking for a church community, or if you'd like to make The Crossing your church home, then I want to invite you to go to our website at www.thecrossing.cc connect. Fill out that form with as little or as much information as you would like. And a member from our team will be in contact with you this week to find out how we can walk through life with you. Our mission as a church is that you would know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and use that to go and make a difference. And one way that you can make a difference is by serving at one of our three Easter services. So if you're interested in signing up, 
You can find the registration link on the front page of our website. There's lots of ways that you can stay up to date with what's going on here at The Crossing. You can go to our website and sign up for our weekly emails to get updates sent straight to your inbox. We'll also be releasing updates, devos, and worship videos on social media. So you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm Christine, and please join me in welcoming our senior pastor, Pastor Reed. Hello, everybody. I tell you to our handful of, I'll tell you what, let's, let's stay, just stay standing here. We've got all of our staff and some, uh, just a handful of prayer warriors and some folks here, uh, somewhere around 10. And uh, so it uh, feels like 10,000, feels like 10,000 really, the worship, because there's a myriad of angels and I don't know what a myriad is, it's just a bunch. And so thousands and thousands and thousands. And I just want to pray, just us together. Let's just stand in prayer. I believe all of you that are in your living rooms right now with your little blanket and all of that, uh, I, I believe the presence and the power of God is in your room right now. And we are all joined together. And crazy as it may sound, this may be the most unified the Church of Jesus Christ is on a Sunday morning, not so much in one building, but we are on one just continent, one planet here, just every all the internet links going together. So let's let the church, all come into unity right now and let's pray over the moment we're standing in and let's just sense the presence of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into full and total unity knowing this, our God is absolutely God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the one and only way to God. The Word of God is true and God the Holy Spirit is here guiding everything we're doing here today. We trust you, we honor you. We ask you first and foremost, Lord God, that you would get all the glory and all the purpose out of this time of uh, somber or, or sobriety around the planet. Get every bit of the attention that is yours to get and take full advantage of it, I pray in Jesus' name. Number two, show us the church how to be Jesus in the moment we're standing in, I pray in Jesus' name. Number three, Lord God, would you glorify yourself by bringing this sickness to a halt to your glory? And Lord, would you bring a peace to your people and Lord, would you cause your people to be a witness, Lord, as your word says in Luke 21, that this would be an opportunity for us to be a witness. We pray according to the word of God now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 All right, again, y'all can be seated. Well, good morning to you out there. This has been uh, uh, quite an exciting time. We are in week number two of our gathering like this, and it is unprecedented. I was watching a friend of mine, Pastor Greg, one of the local pastors, and a Pastor Greg is an extrovert, and he was on his Facebook Live chat, and uh, he was wringing his hands. It was uh, kind of funny to see him this way. He's, he's friend enough that I can laugh at him in his distress, and that's when you know you have a friend, uh, when they make fun of you when you're in distress. So, Pastor Greg was just going, but boy, I'm, I, I am an extrovert. I need people. I need to touch people. Hey, and he was saying hello to everybody that came on his Facebook Live. And as I'm watching him in distress, I'm thinking, well, I'm an introvert, and I was made for this moment. <laughs> I was social distancing when social distancing wasn't cool. And uh, I'm like, hey, goodness gracious, we can touch thousands and thousands. And as an introvert, you know, big crowds kind of, I don't do well in them. And so praise the Lord. I, I'm kind of built for this. So it's like a dream come true. So uh, 
I'm kidding, obviously, once you hear. I have found a little bit of humor, and uh, so I think we need to laugh. And by the way, I just want to encourage you, Crossing Church, everybody, don't be afraid to laugh. Don't be afraid to pass around some things. We need, we need to laugh and have some humor. And uh, uh, so far, some of my favorites are this. Uh, this was from Tyler Woody on his Facebook. It says, for the first time in history, we can save the planet by staying home and doing nothing. Let's not mess this up. And, uh, you know, isn't it interesting when you, when you have to get up and go to work, you think, oh, God, another day I got to get up and go. But when you're trapped in your house, you're kind of like, oh, God, I'm, I'm losing my mind. So uh, I love that. I saw another one that says, it's an unsettling reversal of my teenage years. I am now yelling at my parents for going out. <laughs> Anybody in the same, same boat? And uh, I hope you guys will have grace and just, again, we're all about being real. This is a father-son chat, a father-son chat. Uh, Dad, why is my sister's name Paris? Well, son, that's because we, we conceived your sister in Paris. Oh, okay, thanks, Dad. No problem, quarantine. So... <laughs> we need to laugh just a little bit. And uh, just trust the Lord here. I know some of you, I've heard that uh, some of you just been a week now, shut up husband, wife, and family, and it's getting a little testy in there. So uh, we're going to help you laugh just a little bit. I want to let you know some. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Got a whole lot of word from God, just straight up off the hot burners of heaven. And uh, I want to I encourage you now, stay with me. Because uh, I wrestle with this word only because it can sound like, Pastor Randy, you're kind of... You're kind of going, we need encouragement. I want you to know this, this may be the most important message I've ever preached for the moment that we're standing in right now, and I want you to be encouraged. I'm telling you, God is at work, and he's up to good stuff. And you can't always, I mean, what you're looking at, you can't always tell what's happening behind the scenes. But I want you to know our God has a plan, and all believers, and if you're here and you're, you're not sure about Jesus or the Christian thing, but you're, you're, you're tuning in, I want you to know you, you, you hang in here with me, all right? Because uh, I, I believe there's a miracle of God happening. I'll just go ahead and throw it out here. There's a natural drift in our hearts, just a natural drift of, of humankind toward independence and a coldness and a hardening of heart. Even Christians, when I say even Christians, it sounds like I had at some point a notion that it wouldn't be Christians. It's humanity. We are, we are bent toward independence and being self-sufficient. And the, the, the scripture says it's the power of the gospel or the good news of scripture that really breaks that and gives us the opportunity to actually come to salvation. But sometimes we're, we have such a deaf ear that God allows circumstances to come that cause us to get in touch with our vulnerability, our, our, the, the fact that we cannot, we can't save ourselves. And I want you to know the season we're standing in, I don't believe God sent it, but I do believe God has allowed it fully to get our attention. And if you're wondering, I started to call this message, what on earth is going on? And, uh, and so you can use that as the title, but I want to read you a passage of Scripture. So we're going to be in, in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25, but let me set it up for you because it's, it's important that you understand the context. Hebrews chapter 11, now, if you went back past, and many of you that are believers know that Hebrews chapter 11 is the, the passage where 
just all of these faithful men and, and women are mentioned, that they went through difficult times, that they, they had to believe during very difficult times for God to do what he said he would do, and they were considered faithful. Most of them died without seeing it in this life, what God was doing, and God lifted them up and said, these people believed me when circumstances endorsed and when circumstances didn't endorse that my word was true. These people were considered faithful because through hard times, they stayed faithful. Whole list of folks there, you can read that for yourself. It goes straight into Hebrews chapter 12, which starts with now you and me. We need to endure some stuff, and to endure, we need to lay aside weights, which are just distractions and the stewardship of our time that has nothing to do with contributing to the call of God on our life, and do away with the sin, which is just the disobedience of God and any behavior in our life. Do away with those two things so that we can run with endurance this very difficult race that we've been called to run. It says, then look to Jesus, who did the same thing. He endured the cross, all right? So it goes through that. And then it, and then it says this, and it, it, you think he's changing subjects, but the writer of Hebrews, and we don't know exactly who it was, but I can tell you he's a prophet. He's a New Testament prophet to the moment he was standing in, and I'll show you that in a second. But he turns to, to a tricky conversation. He goes, don't despise the discipline of God. Don't despise it. Because and he, he says this, and you need to know this is the premise for all of life. God is good. God's a good father. And when he disciplines, he isn't doing it because he's an insecure dad venting his anger because you've upset him. That's not why he's doing it. He's doing it to change the course of something in your life so that what he knows is best for you, in, in some ways he's forcing you back. He's forcing you back on track because he's a good, good father. So don't despise the discipline. And then it goes from there into to a... Hebrews 12, and he starts talking about, you've not come to Mount Sinai, but you've come to Mount Zion. And it gets a little complicated, but in essence, he says, we're no longer under the old covenant, we're under a new covenant. And under the old covenant at Mount Sinai, the people said, we don't wanna hear from God, he's too harsh. But you've come to Mount Zion, which is the new covenant, you've come to Christ. Now he's talking to Hebrews, he's talking to them somewhere closing in on about 70 A.D., and he writes this. Okay, you ready? This is Hebrews chapter 12. This is the word of the Lord for the moment we stand in. So do not turn a deaf ear to these gracious words. If those who ignored earthly warnings, now this would be out at Mount Sinai, uh, didn't get away with it, what will happen to us if we turn our backs on heavenly warnings? Everybody say heavenly warnings. The name of this message is Heavenly Warnings. His voice that at that time shook the earth to its foundation. This time he told us this quite plainly. He'll also rock the heavens. One last shaking from top to bottom, stem to stern, verse 27. The phrase one last shaking means that, that, that it's a thorough house cleaning getting rid of all of the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God, for God is not an indifferent 
bystander. He is actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is a fire or is a consuming fire. In other versions, it says this, in essence. From multiple versions, it says something like this. God speaking, everything that can be shaking, I'm going to shake it so that you can get back and identify with the few things that can't be shaking, shaken. And the thing that is unshakable is the kingdom of God, okay? Pastor Randy, what are you saying? What's going on right now? I want you to know, uh, what, what, uh, when we look at this scripture, what's happening the moment we're standing in right now, we are in a heavenly warning. This is a heavenly warning. I know there's a lot of believers out there and you're listening and we start getting tripped up over, you're saying that God's causing this or not causing it and all that. We get into all that. Look, I just wanna tell you, uh, there's, there's active wrath and there's passive wrath. The active wrath of God is when his hand comes down and you can find this in Romans chapter one. It's when he sends a plague or he does something. The passive wrath of God is when he says, you know what? You're asking me to dismiss myself from your circumstance and you think you're smart enough to handle this? All right, for a moment, I'm gonna step back. I'm gonna lift my hand. I'm gonna lift protection and I'm gonna let go what it is you think you're smart enough to take care of and I'm gonna let it run its course until you cry out, Lord, save me. That's the passive wrath of God. What we're in right now is the passive wrath of God. It's just, he could interrupt it. God could, sickness is not an issue for God. He can fix it like that. The fact that he has stepped back in the entire world, the entire world is shaking under this. You need to hear, God is allowing everything that can be shaken to be shaken so that the callousness and the independent, arrogant, cold spirit that we are just prone toward, me, you, everybody, can be reawakened to go, wait a minute, I need saving and I can't save myself. Hear me, it's a grace and a gift of God. So this is a shaking. Many things are being shaken. What in the world is going on? This is a heavenly warning by a gracious, loving Father. Now, the context of this scripture is this. Uh, this, is, this is folks in Jerusalem, these are Jews. And what they don't know is that they're about to receive one of the worst uh, tribulations that the Jews received short of Hitler. Short of Hitler, they're about to receive it. And this, this prophet, this prophet voice that is writing Hebrews, he's talking to them and he's saying, guys, you need to endure. This is gonna be an endurance test and you need to stand your ground. And like all these guys in, in Hebrews chapter 11, man, they all went through stuff, but they stood their ground. You're gonna to need to do this. You need to know this. Our, our Jesus, you're gonna to need to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith to, in order to stand your ground. And then he says this, don't despise the discipline of the Lord. Know that what's about to happen, it's for your good. And then he goes on down to say, and in essence, he says, look, what what." What can be shaken will be shaken. And I'm telling you, this is a prophet voice. He's speaking out of Haggai, by the way. But this is a prophet voice, and here's what the prophet voice is preparing them for. Nero 
the, the, the uh, devastation of the Jews is imminent while this is being written. And Nero and Rome are about to kill almost every person that would read what, what's being read right here. And who doesn't get killed, everything they own will be burned. And their children will be taken slaves. And this prophetic word is rising in the middle of them to say, hey, it's in tough times. You just need to know God is still God. It isn't going to look like it at all. But the reason that this is coming upon you is because you failed to recognize the day of your visitation. This time that's being prophesied here is a fulfillment of what Jesus spoke. And this is what Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 19 to these same people. It says, speaking of Jesus, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, the city of Jerusalem. He saw the city and he says this, if you had known, even especially in this your day, the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you, and your children within you, they'll level you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the day of your visitation. This is Jesus saying, what, what's coming upon you because you did not accept me, Jesus the Savior, when I came to be Lord, God, and King, I could have easily protected you from all of these things. But because you displaced me, here close, why does shaking come? Jesus tells them, I love you, I've wept over you, but you've rejected the hand of God that has reached out to save you, and you've said, we do not need your help, we can save ourselves." And Jesus prophesies and says, it pains me, and with tremendous pain and compassion, I weep over you. But because you didn't recognize the hour of your visitation, this devastation is going to come upon you. Now, 70, roughly, more like 40 years later, Nero and all of Rome just converges and nearly wipes the Jewish nation out why? Because they displaced the one that could have saved and rescued them. That it wasn't that God wasn't loving or caring. They said to Jesus, you're not God. We don't need you. Out. And so God lifted his hands. And as this prophecy in Hebrew is being repeated from Haggai, at the door, knocking at the door, this was a warning this was a warning. What's happening in our nation right now is that the stench of the arrogance of the world is rising to levels where God is saying, hey, I, I, I don't wanna cause sickness and I don't cause sickness and I don't cause death. I'm the author of life. But if you keep speaking to me and telling me how, how intelligent you are and displacing me from my rightful place, and if you take the place that is rightfully mine and bring glory to yourself and say, we do not need you, I will take a step back and I will allow you to save yourself. That's what happened here. And what happens is shakings. What's happening right now around this planet is God has taken a step back and he's allowing a shaking, and all of mankind right now, all the world is saying, 
what on earth is happening? What is it, Pastor Randy? It, it, ask the Holy Spirit, what is this? This is a warning from heaven, a gracious, loving warning from heaven to say, hey, I'm gonna reawaken your recognition that you can't save yourself, but since you won't hear it by the, by the message of the prophet, I'm gonna let circumstances awaken it, and it, it's a grace that I awaken it. It's a grace. It's to the church, cold and independent. I'm awakening your recognition. You really need me and you need my presence. This is a shaking. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Number two, it's a birth pain, a birth pain. In the prophetic scripture, uh, Matthew 24 says, uh, speaks of a bunch of things. I'll, let me read Luke 21 to you actually first. Uh, sorry for the guys back there. Luke 21, 11 says, there will be great earthquakes in various places when Jesus was asked about what, how, how are the last days gonna wrap up? How will we know? There'll be earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilence or plagues or sicknesses, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Just all kinds of human chaos will be a part of the signs. Matthew 24, 8 says this, all of these uh, uh, but all of this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Hear me. This is the first of birth pains with more to come. What's the scriptural answer for where we're standing right now? This is a birth pain. Here's the thing about birth pains. Birth pains, they start at one intensity, and I'm a man, and I've never had to feel them, and hallelujah, thank you, God. I've watched it. And uh, it doesn't look like any fun, but hallelujah. Uh, talk to Eve. So here's the deal. Uh, they start, they start to come more frequently, and they intensify as birth nears. Okay? They intensify. This that we're feeling right now, when Labor Day comes, I don't mean Labor Day America, I mean when birthday, how can I find a way to say this? When you hit the emergency room and you go to the hospital and the baby starts to come, I'm talking where they're shouting and hollering before the baby comes, okay? I wanna read you, I'm gonna read you. The birth is this. God, the stench of, of man's independence and arrogance is, is soon, this is a birth pain. It's telling us we're headed somewhere. It's soon gonna reach the nostrils of God where he says, man's heart has hardened itself to such a degree that he will not move. And his arrogance to displace me as God and to take my place has reached the height of what I will tolerate. Jesus, you and all the angels, on my signal, you go fix this. And what's gonna be birthed is, yes, Jesus is gonna come as the reigning king. He's the king now to everybody who has said, you're my king. We get to say, you're my king. The day will come when he comes and says, every knee bow, every tongue confess, with me or against me, you will know I am the king. You'll know. That day is coming, and I want to read you that day so you can compare it to the birth pain we're in. This will help you. This is uh, Revelation 6. You can find it in Revelation 16 as well. John writing about the ultimate restoration of earth and heaven, new heaven, new earth, new order. It says, I watched as the lamb broke the sixth seal, the lamb being Jesus, and there was a great earthquake. 
The sun became as dark and black as a black cloth. The moon became as red as blood. Then the stars of the sky fell to the earth like great figs falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. The sky was rolled up like a scroll, and all the mountains and the islands were moved from their place. This is a horrible happening. Then everyone, and this is what I want you to, to key into, everyone, the kings of the earth, and that would be presidents and monarchs and prime ministers and the like, all the rulers, the generals, that is the great armies of the world that men have put their, their faith in, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and free person, so all men alike are, are, are made equal, all of these folks all hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, and they all cry out to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to survive? When Jerusalem fell under Nero, and all of them were being killed, their children taken prisoner, and their, their, their place burning. They were, they were crying to themselves, would that when Jesus came, would that we could have heard that warning then? Because in comparison to humbling ourselves before Jesus and dealing with this wrath, why couldn't we see the time of our visitation? When we look at, at the final restoration of heaven and earth and God's order and the King Jesus, when we look at it and we realize every great king, every great ruler, every great nation, every great military, every great economy, uh, rich and poor are gonna come to a place where God's wrath is such, the wrath of the, the lamb, that's Jesus, is such that they all cry out, God, let the rocks fall on us and kill us. Got, got a birth pain right now. Got the ultimate restoration of earth, but destruction of all enemies of God, which would be humankind. Now, I know you're thinking, Pastor, I tuned in here to get encouraged. Stay with me. These men that are mentioned in this scripture, these rulers, they're gonna look back in March of 2020 and go, would that we could have heard that warning. It seemed so destructive at that time, our 401Ks and all of those things, and it was just so horrible. And we were locked in, and we couldn't find an answer. And we thought if it's just the right medical things, the right political answers, the right finances, the right thing, but we missed the hour. We missed the warning. What is this, Pastor Randy? This is a heavenly warning. And it's out of grace and love to say what's coming down the pike, the men that, that, that are here and on earth, when this happens, are gonna look back to the moment we're standing in and think, why didn't, why couldn't we hear it? I wanna say to you, some of you are listening to me right now and you've never received Jesus or you got a foot in and a foot out and you're not even sure if you're saved. Listen, this is a warning from our God. As the scripture says, he's not a bystander. He loves us too much to wait till we get over here when he has said, that's it, that's it. All of my people come to me. All of my enemies, you're gonna be rounded up and put into a lake of fire. Now, 
we don't like this kind of talk. I know this doesn't sound very current and sensitive and all of this isn't. This is God stuff. This is rock solid Bible. We're in a birth pain. And here's what you need to know. From this day on, they're gonna come more often and they're gonna intensify. They're gonna cause more awakenings within our heart to go, man, we are not in charge, are we? Hear that warning. Drop your knee, drop your knee. That, that's what we do. And I'm talking Christians, non-Christians, all of us. There's a callousness that this, op this is an opportunity from heaven. And it's a grace, gang, I'm telling you, this is a grace of God. It's a grace of God to help me get back in touch with who God is. You tracking with me? This is a shaking. This is a warning. There's an ultimate shaking coming. What is being shaken? Why, why would God allow this? What is being shaken? And it's very simple, idols. Everybody say idols. Idols. It's an idol. It's any creation of man that displaces God. The Jews displaced Jesus. Anybody or anything we make that displaces God as the ultimate authority, provider, protector, ruler, or recipient of worship. Anything that we build and say, that is gonna save us, look what we did. Gang, I have been, that sounded arrogant, let me back that one up. I so sincerely believe that I've been prompted by God. I've been asking God for a stronger prophetic insight and anointing. And for many months, and anybody that's new to us, much to some angry emails, I've been challenging believers, don't put your faith in a political party. Don't place your hope and faith for the future of this nation in a political party. Participate. Throw stuff at the TV. Shout and do all that. But I've seen way more excitement about politics than about Jesus in the church of Jesus Christ, in the moment we're standing in right now. I've seen way more emails, way more emails, 100 to 1 emails being floated around in Facebook posts about political hopes. Whether it's... President Trump or another president at this moment right now, it's bigger than any political person and we need to wake up. You need to know God is, I know I'm just revving up for a bunch of emails here. So I'm out here now, but I'm telling you, I'm gonna stand with God before I stand with any political party. And I'm gonna tell you and speak to you what is truth. There's a repentance that's needed in the church and it's because we've placed faith in places and we've celebrated and worshiped and gotten our enthusiasm. That's, what, that's really what worship is. We're just enthusiastically trusting that that's our salvation. That's going to save us. Well, we're being told right now from heaven a warning. It doesn't matter whether it was a Republican or a Democrat. Right now, nobody's got an answer. We don't have an answer. The one who has the answer wants the credit for having the answer. And he's wanting his church to turn to him and say, you are our God. The church is in desperate need of a repentance right now to bow our knees afresh and recognize that God is our answer. What is being shaken are idols. What's an idol? An idol is anything that we create that we think is going to save us. Share some of the things, some of the idols that we have right now. Governments, Republican parties, Democratic parties, 
Independence, Bernie's. Governments, kingdoms, rulers and leaders, none of them right now have an answer because they can't save us. They've become idols. Economies that two, three weeks ago, we said we had the greatest economy in the last 40 years. We were all safe and our 401Ks are great. And please hear me, I have enormous compassion and I have a word for everyone who's under uh, some financial duress at the end of this message. Stay with me. Please hear the compassions of God calling and not some angry preacher. That's the last thing I wanna come off as. I'm a fellow repenter with you right now. But please hear, there's a warning from heaven and it sounds like a warning. The intensity levels up. Entertainment industry, billions and billions of dollars right now are, are, are being lost because the entertainment industry that we find our leisure in, we built it because we said this will keep us distracted and happy. Well, right now they're sitting, they're sitting empty. These idols have fallen before the, the, the one and only true God right now. Now this is a tough one for me, but sports. The NBA and the college and the final four. I'm stunned that God would shut this one down. But nonetheless, it's an idol. Our education systems, trillions of dollars in beautiful buildings and universities. And you know where, for the last two weeks and for the next couple, they're empty. Our education system, our education can save us. Idols, churches. Across this nation, beautiful, big, successful churches are empty. The church is being revived right now. This is an awakening to the church. But we need to know our ways of church, our traditions, they render the power of the word of God powerless. And God is calling to his church. It is your relationship to me. It's, it's me and you, okay? I, I heard, I was listening yesterday to a radio thing, and I, I partly amend it, but every time this minister would say something, I, it, 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 it hit me in my chest a little bit. He kept saying this, come on, church, it's time for the church to rise. The church needs to rise. This is our hour, we need to rise. And I was like, yes, I get it. Yes, I support you. Yes, yes. Exactly. The, the more he said it, I started getting in touch with it. No, this isn't the time for, because what we're hearing is we've got this. Eh, this isn't the time for the church to rise. It's time for the church to bow. It's time for the church to go. If my people who were called by my name, let me back that one up. If I shut up the heavens and there is no rain, for I send locusts and plagues, and if my people called by my name hum, humble themselves, pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll hear their land. The way the church rises is it bows low. It bows low. The church, Disney World, travel and hotel, the medical industry, gang, all idols that we built, things that we built that we said we can save ourselves. Isaiah 42 says this, I am the Lord and that is my name and my glory I will not give to another nor my praise to a carved image or something you've made. 
Behold, the former things have come to pass and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I will tell them to you. I am the Lord, and that is my name. I will not give my glory to another. Now, the prophecy that we read, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, it comes from, and I'm, I'm bringing the plane down, but it comes from the book of, of Haggai. And in Haggai, uh, so let me give you a little help there. In, in the book of Haggai, uh, the book of Zechariah, the, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, all of those are the post-Babylonian exile. And Haggai is with a guy named Zerubbabel who's been tasked to rebuild the temple. And he's the original person that says that, that, that when God spoke, said everything that can be shaken has been shaken. When God said, I will shake everything. Well, they're standing Haggai and all of Israel is standing in the rubble. Once they got back from Babylon, they go to Jerusalem and it's just flattened. Rocks, it's just rubble. And they're standing in the middle of it. And they're crying and going, oh my God, look at this. And what they're looking at is the results before Jesus came of building a great city but doing what all humans, we just tend to have this leaning. Look what we built. Look at this great temple of Solomon. We built that temple. We're something else. A part of what's going on right now is a, is a work of God that causes all of us to say, I'm just not nearly as awesome as I thought I was. I'm just not nearly so awesome. Haggai and all of these guys are sitting with rubble everywhere, houses, walls, temples, on the ground, and they've been tasked, rebuild the temple. Don't worry about your house right now. Come and build my house. Put me first. And they start trying to, to, to rebuild this. But here's what I want you to hear. I'm gonna come back to that because that's where our word for encouragement is gonna come. W what they were doing was looking at the results of having taken credit for building a city that God built. America, hear me. God built this nation. God built it. And we've reached a point where we don't want him anymore because he gets in the middle of our credit taking. And he is taking a step back to say, well, then, then save yourself. It's a gift. It isn't the end. It's a birth pain. It's a warning from God for us to go, that's right, drop to your knee. Hear me. Idols. So what do we do? Where is this unshakable kingdom? Everybody with me? Bringing the plane down. Where is this unshakable kingdom? Well, what, what is spoken of in that scripture is get excited, be thankful, and worship God because we are a part of something that cannot be shaken. All the earth is being shaken. We have something. What are we to do right now? Get back to the thing that can't be shaken and it's called the kingdom of God. Take a month of Sundays even to start getting us close to it. Uh, I'll tell you somebody who I think handles the subject well is Bill Johnson. Bill Johnson handles this subject. God's given him a special insight into what the kingdom of God is. For, for simple simplicity's sake, because you need to walk out of here and our time together to know, where do I anchor to? Everything's being shaken. Well, 
Jesus gives us an insight and he says, look, pray this way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. To simplify what the kingdom is, it's everywhere where we impose the will of God. It's where the will of God is being enacted. I, Randy Harvey, gave my life to Jesus. Because I did, I surrender to his will. Therefore, Jesus said this, Randy Harvey, the, the, the kingdom of God, it's in you. It's in you. What does he mean by that? It means that when I surrender to him and you surrender to him, he comes and his will begins. And everywhere I walk, my family, my marriage is covered by the will of God. My finances I've ordered by the will of God, which means the kingdom of God rules. The king's domain, the king's kingdom, his domain, that is where his kingdom is. So in short, it's every place that you've surrendered for him to rule. And I'm telling you, for those of you in financial challenges, put your finances under the king's domain. And regardless of what happens in the stock market, I'm not saying you won't feel it and won't go through it. I'm saying on the other side, the king will take care of his. And if you've submitted it to him, you're going to be okay. The kingdom, that's what can't be shaken. So what does that look like? Place your faith in God's unshakable faithfulness. God is the, is the God. He's unshakable. He's God. He's God. He's God. He's God. He's God. Tomorrow when you get up, he's God and he's good and he's God. It's unmovable and it's unshakable. God is unshakable. First, 2 Timothy 2 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He can't not be faithful. He's just, just, he's just unshakably faithful. Romans 8 says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, it doesn't matter what comes against us. The coronavirus or our 401k, it doesn't matter. If God is for us, take it to the bank, stand on it. Will you have to go through tough times? Yes, we're all going through this together. We're all gonna feel it together. But you stand your ground, all right? God is, God is, God, and he is faithful. Now, this is the word now that I have for everybody who's struggling with your finances, and it's in this point. As Zerubbabel, back to the prophecy that we read in both Haggai and we read it in Hebrews. As Zerubbabel and Haggai are standing in that rubble, God sends another prophet to Zechariah and he said, the, I'll say it this way, some of you have seen everything that you've built with your hands and your finances crumble. Your career that you counted on, you're not even sure about it. It's very vulnerable. And it feels like you're standing in the rubble of what you've worked so hard to secure, and it's, it's rubble. I saw this picture this morning. Spoke. God comes to, to Zerubbabel through another prophet, Zechariah, and he said, Zerubbabel, the rubble you're standing in, listen, this mountain will be removed. It will be moved, but it won't be by might, nor by power, nor by brilliance. It'll be by my spirit, saith the Lord. This mountain will be removed. What was the mountain? All the rubble and all the materials to build what it was he was to build. I'm gonna build it back is what God is saying to you. I'm going to build it back. But here's Zerubbabel, you need to know this. You're gonna put the capstone on it with shouts of grace, grace to it. You can find this in, in Zechariah, I believe that's chapter four, I think it is. It's, anyway, you'll find it in that, 
that bucket. You're gonna, you're gonna finish rebuilding what was torn down and what you're standing in. It's gonna get rebuilt. For all of you that are struggling right now, as you're looking in the middle of financial calamity, the rubble you're standing in, God is saying to you, I'm gonna rebuild that, but you're gonna, it's gonna be rebuilt by you shouting grace, grace to it. What does that mean? That means it isn't my effort and it's nothing I've deserved, but it's by an enablement from heaven that this has happened. We the believers are gonna get through this by shouting grace, not my strength, his. Tracking with me? Back to Haggai. Not by might, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Haggai, as he stood trying to rebuild this rubble, you'll, you'll recall this, some of the people, as they started rebuilding the temple, some of the old people looked at what it used to be, what they had built with their hands, and they start crying. Some of the younger guys look at it, and they're rejoicing, and you, they couldn't tell the difference between those that were crying, going, it's never gonna be the same, it'll never be the same, and those who were going, isn't this awesome? We didn't know what the old was like, so you know, we've never had any money, so we don't know. It's all, you know, it's all Disney World. There's two different groups of people, and here's what I want you to know. Inside of each of you that are struggling because you've just seen eight or 10 or 12 years of earnings go down the drain in the stock market, your retirement, and it, it, man, it has your attention. There's a part of you that's crying. There's a part of you that needs to start rejoicing, okay? Start rejoicing because here, here's, here's, let me just read this to you, and I'm gonna bring the plane down. For thus saith the Lord once more, and here's the prophecy again in a little while out of Haggai chapter two. I'm gonna shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and they will come to the desire of all nations. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the point of the shaking. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. Check it. Why is that even in there? Where did that come from? It's in, the, it's in the prophecy. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. Money is mine, says the Lord of hosts. And the glory of this latter temple will be greater than that of the former. The glory of the latter temple will be greater than that of the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give you peace, says the Lord of hosts. And here's what I have to say to you from the word of the Lord. What you built with your hands that you thought, oh my God, we could never... It, it, we're never gonna recover and make it look like it was. Here's the word of the Lord. This is what he spoke to me this morning. The glory of the latter is going to be greater than the glory of the former. What, what's, what's glory? It's the evidence that God's here. That's what glory is. It's evidence. He's here. When, the, when President Bush came to Houston years ago, man, there were motorcades and they shut down I-45 and there were black limousines everywhere and helicopters and everything. What is all of that stuff? That was his glory. That was the evidence. The president's here. When God comes, there's all kinds of evidence. And here's what we need to know. On the other side of this, here's the potential via his word. The glory of the latter that he rebuilds will be greater than the glory of the former that you built and you were diligent to build. All believers and all struggling right now in financial rubble, hear the word of the Lord. We're not out yet, but God is faithful. Anchor down to his faithfulness. A couple of other things and we call it a day. Place your faith in the unshakable savior, Jesus Christ. If you're, you're listening to me in just a moment, I'm gonna lead us all in a prayer. And if you've never come to Jesus right now, listen, it's a grace and a mercy that he's opened your heart right now. Take advantage. This is your hour of visitation. 
This is it. Don't miss your hour. I'm going to pray with you in just a moment. Lastly, humbly commit your life to the unshakable church. The unshakable church. I'm not talking about the crossing. I'm talking about the church. Jesus said this, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell can't destroy the church I'm building. It just means you come to Christ Jesus. Fine, look, if you're out there and you're not in a church, come to the crossing or find it. There's, there's lots of great local churches, but you need to be a part from here on out, the labor pains are gonna increase and they're gonna intensify. You need to be a part of a local body because heaven and earth will pass away, the word of God won't. All kinds of organizations are gonna pass away. The church will be in existence when everything else is gone because its head is Jesus Christ, its king is Jesus. So join the church. Let the church understand this. 1 Peter 4, 17, and this is my instruction to the church. For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin in the household, God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to the godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you for he will never fail you. He will never fail you. Now, this may not sound like a New Testament sermon, but it absolutely is. And this is Simon Peter in the New Covenant, and he's saying, look, when judgment comes, it starts in the house of God. We hear judgment, we, we think God's threatening to vent his personal anger. Think discipline. God isn't gonna let us misrepresent him for long. That's in his grace. He's a shepherd who's got that hook, and if he has to pop us to say, hey, come back in line. He's a good enough shepherd that he does it. A shepherd in the days when you know, a lot of this was written, if a sheep kept wandering off, that shepherd would go and break that sheep's leg. Horribly painful. I know all the PETA people are gonna send me bad emails. No, he would break that leg and he'd take that sheep and put him over his shoulder. And what he was saying is, I won't let you wander off, and I'm gonna fix it so you can't wander off, and I'm gonna keep you close. And you know what would happen as that little sheep, as his leg actually mended? From that point on, because he had gotten close to the nearness to his shepherd, that shepherd couldn't get that sheep off of him. Because he was like, I ain't leaving this guy. Right now, right now, there's an active work of God, the Holy Spirit. What's happening right now? I love you too much to let you wander too far off. I'm not gonna allow it. A day will, will happen when I, I lift and relent. But right now, I love you too much. This is an act of grace, an act of mercy, an act of love. This is a good shepherd saying, world, I am your God. Turn to me, turn to me. And he's saying to his church, surrender all of that arrogant, traditional, judgmental, refereeing that you call church that is not representing me. Humble yourself, confess your sins, turn from your wicked ways. I am so anxious to move in you and through you, but you need to become pliable again, and this is gonna help you. 
So I just want to lead us all. I want to lead first. First, I want to lead you if you've never received Jesus as your Savior. Man, the good shepherd. He's so good. One of the other things that's not shakable, the scripture says this, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Well, what righteousness is this? It means this. It's unshakable that God puts you in right standing with himself through Jesus. And when you come into the kingdom, when you genuinely get saved, you can't get it off of you. He's not going to let you. It may not be pleasant, but he won't let you go. Somebody here is listening to me. And you're saying, tell me how to do it. That's God the Holy Spirit warming your heart right now to bring you in to salvation. It's a wonderful thing. So I'm going to lead you. I'm just going to pray for you. And you just pray. It doesn't have to be exactly this prayer. But you pray like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need you. I have not taken you seriously. I've not really understood you. And I can't even tell you I really understand you now. But my heart is awakened to the fact that I can't save myself and I need a savior. Jesus, would you save me? Save me. Call out to him like that. Pray this way. God, I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he is the savior, and that God, you raised him from the dead so that I could be saved. To the best that I can understand, I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I surrender my life to you. I give myself to you. Save me. Save me. Praise God. You who have prayed that prayer, you just received Jesus. You just got saved. Praise God. I want to pray for you now that you're a part of the church, not this church, but the church. And I want to pray for all the church as we move into this week right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that judgment, correction begins in the house of God. And Lord, we've done church so well for so long, we've lost touch with our own heart. And we don't know how to get that back. And this moment that we're in right now is reawakening something we can't awaken by more knowledge. God, everything you want to get out of your church and out of this church, I pray now for the crossing church, but for all of your church, God, I ask you to awaken the heart of your church. Awaken afresh the relationship we have with you. We drop off professionalism. We drop all performance. We drop all acting to impress our Christian friends. We lay down our Christian image and we want to get right back down to the raw and the real of I'm a dependent creature and I need a savior and you're my God and I depend on you. We put you in your proper and, and right place. You are our first love and we return to it. You're first in the church. You're God. Jesus, you are Lord and Holy Spirit, you are in charge of the steering wheel and we gladly surrender to that. Have your way during this hour. I bless every person listening. I bless the church of Jesus Christ. I bless all of those who call the Crossing Church home. And I thank you for your gracious warning from heaven that's gonna cause thousands upon thousands, I would say millions upon millions of people to come alive to the fact I need somebody other than me to rescue me. Holy Spirit, have at it. Do it. And do it in this church. And use us, I pray.
in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Gang, on your screen, there is a, a way for you to, to respond to us now. There's an email address. I believe it's prayer at the crossing.cc. Prayer at the crossing.cc. If you would jump, if you, if you need a prayer or you have a need or you need somebody to talk to right now, if you'll jump on your computer and, and email right now, we've got a, a group of prayer uh, folks that are ready to receive those emails. Put your phone number on it. They're gonna call you right back and pray directly with you and be a help to you. We're gonna be learning how we do this, how we get into your home. But, but don't let this moment pass. Email right now, I need you to pray for me. I just gave my life to Christ. What do I do next? I need healing. I am afraid. Whatever's going on in you, email. Please pray for me. They're gonna disperse that and some faith-filled, God-anointed prayer partner is gonna call you back and minister life to you, all right? Let me encourage as well, uh, all of you that are a part of the Crossing Church family, one of the ways that we honor God and we bring our finances under the domain of the king, the unshakable kingdom, it is through bringing our very first and our best in trust and in faith to him. And it may seem inappropriate or uncaring for me to even bring this up during a time like this. I don't do it, I'm telling you, I'm doing it for you, for your sake. Uh, God is saying, you try me and I'm telling you, I'm faithful, you can take me to the bank. Everything else is shaken, uh, Wall Street's shaken, your business is shaken. Let me tell you what will not shake. The word of God, heaven and earth will pass away. The word of God, it'll last forever. This is the one, the best place you can put your finances is into the kingdom. And secondly, we have a fund called the Hope Fund. The Hope Fund is to help us with people who have needs that are gonna arise. And so bring your tithe, and if God prompts you or you just feel directed, send something as well to the Hope Fund. I know those things are on your screen as well. So praise God. It's been a great day. We've had a great time in here. Hope you've sensed the presence of God. God is on the move. He is in charge. And I just want to bless you. All right? You guys have a great, 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 great day. We love you. Bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Find more of our podcasts on iTunes or in our audio library at thecrossing.cc.